The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Ford. Welcome back to Football Conversation Bear Style here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score. Good evening, everybody. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Tom Thayer, and in his Michigan home, all tucked away by a fireplace, no doubt, maybe with a cool drink in his hand, the one and only former Bears quarterback Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio. Good evening, fellas. How are we doing? Good, Jeff. You know, it's, you know, that off-season momentum starts. You know, you kind of leave the Super Bowl in the rearview mirror. You start thinking about all the things that they got coming up. They went through the Senior Bowl. You start hearing about players that are being disinvited to the Combine and wondering how that's going to work out. You think about everything else that's going on in the world. And football, to us, it seems like a, a long time that you know a long way away but man once this thing starts rolling like we experienced last year it go by it goes by fast yeah combine already here and probably the bears will send a huge uh, contingent down to indianapolis and you know it, the business season has already started here you know the bears uh re-signed uh, the right tackle bobby massey you know he's going to join us here on, on the show tonight so we're looking forward to that but that's kind of what it is right now you see teams around the league starting to clear some pace uh clear some cap space and normally that's what happens a lot of it is to re-sign their own you know a team like uh, Atlanta they released a couple of players in Brooks Reed and Alford the cornerback who already got signed by Arizona and I think they're looking to re-sign Grady Jarrett he was one of the the players in the pecking order that was on the outside looking in as for free agency I don't think we expect the Bears to be big players not that Ryan Pace wouldn't be interested in signing a a good player or so but we know all that kind of happened last year Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what the the Bears do of players they want to resign, one Bobby Massey, what happens with Adrian Amos, Amos excuse me, and other players as this offseason, the business season, really officially kicks off. You know, Jim and Jeff, too, is we can't ignore the Flacco trade of this week because we have, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to talk about what Vic Fangio is thinking about the future of the quarterback position and the style of offense he's going to run. It really surprised me. I thought the RPO offense would influence him enough for when his opportunity to came to be a head coach, he would have to make that decision and the decision has been made. It's going to be interesting how that affects his success or his future as a head coach because we've been a part of the change from RP, from straight drop back to RPO. Think about it, though. You know, John Elway, I mean, he, is it John Elway's decision or was it Vic Fangio's if input Jeff, in the decision? That's the big thing for if me. If the RPO offense would have been in existence when John Elway came out of college, John Elway would have run the RPO offense. He was creative with his feet. He was a great athlete, and he had an arm that was a cannon. So I, I'm just surprised through the transition of time that that, that deal Jim, what, Jim, what are you hearing on that one? Well, I think Gary Kubiak, remember him now with the uh, Minnesota Vikings and former head coach of the Broncos. He coached Joe Flacco. Remember, he was the OC of the Baltimore Ravens before he arrived out there in Denver again, reuniting with John Elway. I think he comes with a really a good scouting report from that standpoint. And regardless of what you think of Joe Flacco, I know he got paid, but he still won. He won a Super Bowl. He's 10-6 and six postseason all-time. Plus, uh, he was Super Bowl MVP. I think he's a solid quarterback who's an upgrade. Vic Fangio ha- coached him or was on that staff the first couple of years. I think he, 
you know, not that he remembers him as just being a solid guy. I think that's who he really, really wants to rep- represent his organization. He'll make plays. I think he really d- hasn't had a lot of talent around him in Baltimore over the past few seasons. And why Joe Flacco's numbers have really suffered, but they needed better quarterback play, more solid quarterback play, and I think that's what Vic Fangio is counting on with uh, bringing on Joe Flacco via that trade. Uh, an opponent the Bears will have on their schedule in Denver in the 2019 season. Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. You touched on Adrian Amos, and I do want to talk about him in a couple of segments on, on this because you know you got all your experts uh, kind of ranking free agents at this point. Many of them as the, the the second or third safety on their list, along with Landon Collins and Earl Thomas recovering from his injury. You got Lamarcus Joyner on that list, uh, Taron Matthew. Uh, Trey Boston, Aha, Clinton Nix, all all kind of free agents at safety. And, and what if it's not going to be something that they will be able to get done or that Adrian would accept, you know, where other areas they could possibly go. But I'd love if Adrian would come back uh, just to keep that back four all intact. You know, Jeff, what do, what do you think? Do you think at the end of the season last year that Kyle Fuller had a higher profile than Adrian Amos does at the end of this season? Just a quick reaction to that question specifically, and then I want to talk a little more. I'm not. I'm not sure. I understand what you're asking. You oh. mean in terms of what the 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 projection for for Kyle having a Pro Bowl season? Right. Well, you yeah. know. So Please. last last year when Kyle was a free agent, he immediately got the offer from Green Bay. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, then the, the kind of started the recognition of, yeah, there's going to be teams out there that are looking at Kyle Fuller as an asset at the, as the cornerback position. And the Bears had to think the same way about him. Now, Adrian Amos, does he conclude this season with the profile that Kyle did last year? Or does he have a higher profile? Because, hmm. you know, I, I, he's, he's been doing some really nice things on the field the last couple of years. Jim, what's the league look at? Uh, how they look uh, at Adrian? I, I think well, one, I think that position, no position has been hotter than the safety position. Look how quickly all the safeties got scooped up a year ago. You know, free agents were going everywhere, left and right, uh, around the National Football League, and they probably got paid a little bit higher just due to what they're being asked to do more in terms of coverage. I mean, even look at the the Chargers; they went with a seven DB look uh, here in the postseason, and how they played, say, against Baltimore, and how they shut down Lamar Jackson because they wanted an athlete on athlete. Really, Tom's point about the RPO offenses and mobile quarterbacks that are now around the NFL. I think there'll be a market for Amos out there. I think safeties have been hot. And then it's really the choice of the Bears. If it gets too pricey, the Bears will probably take themselves out of the mix because if you're looking for a position that's really deep in the draft, I think the safety position is it. There's good defensive backs in this draft from safeties, corners that are here. I saw a couple of them down at the Reese's Senior Bowl, really like Nasir Adderley, the kid out of Delaware. He's six foot, 200 pounds. Darnell Savage. One defensive player of the week down there at the Reese's Senior Bowl. He's out of Maryland, 5'11", 200 pounds. That's kind of in the same uh, frame and mold of Adrian Amos. So there's a lot of talented guys where if the Bears feel that it gets too pricey, that they won't match that offer in free agency for Adrian Amos, then I think there's going to be plenty of players available for them via the draft. All right, we got to take our first break here on Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you coming up. We'll hear from Bobby Massey, the Bears' veteran right tackle, as he lays down some roots here with the Chicago Bears and his new contract extension. It's all coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And pleased to be joined by starting right tackle Bobby Massey of the Chicago Bears. Bobby, good evening, and congratulations on your new contract extension. And uh, I know I talked to you Oh, I don't know when it was, maybe uh, late November, and just, uh, you know, theorizing about, you know, your impact here and what, what it would mean to stay here, and you were all, all about wanting to stay with the Chicago Bears. It seems to be a great fit for you in that locker room with that group of guys and this system, and uh, the Bears see it that way, too. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you a lot, and I'd like to say thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, what, what do you, what, uh, how, how exciting was it for you to get it done so quickly? Uh, it meant the world for me to get it done because you know, I didn't want to leave Chicago. Chicago is where I wanted to be. You know, I, I got here three years ago, and and the team wasn't what it was from the last game we played. And I I just didn't want to I didn't want to miss that. You know, because this team's going to be good. The Super Bowl is coming to this team, and I didn't I just didn't want to leave Chicago on that note. Hey, Bobby, congratulations. I want to just backtrack a little bit because when I was reading about you, I was a fourth-round draft choice. You were a fourth-round draft choice. But you came out after your junior year. So when you mm-hmm. look back at some of these young guys coming out of college, would that one more year giving you more experience to become maybe a first-rounder? Or or was it just that you, you, you felt like you had matured enough in college and you were ready for the NFL opportunity? Uh, at this point in my career, I could say – I could say maybe staying a, an extra year would have helped um, help, help my game a little more for the NFL level. But, you know, at this point, getting, I got the chance to start as a rookie uh, coming into the NFL, and I played 16 games. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a great 16 games, but I got to play as a rookie. But, um, you've I you've I, always played, you know, everywhere you've been, you know, coming here to the Bears, look at your track record here. So, I mean, that's the thing yeah. about it is even going back to college, you are a regular player. Yeah. Well, Bobby, Jim Miller here. Congratulations and welcome back to Chicago. Uh, didn't want to see you go, but man, just how you've developed as a player. I, I you know, everybody's is shedding labels, and I remember everybody saying, "Hey, it, Bobby Massey struggles against the speed rushers." I didn't see that this yeah. past year. What? How is <laughs> how is Harry Heastand really helped your game, and how you've gotten better with everything you've worked on? Uh, coach Harry, he's a great coach. He's one of the best coaches that I had, and uh, going on my eight year career. And uh, he just makes you work, man. He's, he brings the best out of you. It's, he kind of reminds me of a college coach because he has that mentality. And he doesn't, he doesn't care what year you are, how much money you make. He's going he's gonna to bring the best out of you. Hey, Bobby, uh, I, I, I'm big on um, following the careers of offensive linemen, mostly because Tom Thayer always talks about it in great detail. But, you know, just the types of penalties that are called on players and – things like false starts and holding penalties and just the mental part of the game. And, man, the last two years, it has really been impressive how you have uh, really not been bothered at all with the flags. Yeah, no holding penalties in 2018, and that's the first time in your career, not that you've had many, but no holding penalties in, in 2018 for a team that didn't have a lot of holding penalties this season. What do you attribute that to? And, and does it have any impact on the fact that you guys – we're all together for the entire season for the most part. Kyle Long reinserted there at the end of the season. But what what's the impact of the fewest number of holding penalties, I think, in the National Football League as a unit and you yourself not getting one? 
Uh, I think it, it, uh, number one, it has to do with the guys being there, uh, the same unit being there all season. You know, basically besides Kyle for half part of it, and the coach he stands. You know, his blocking method, the way he came, he came in, and he, you know he had this philosophy: uh, knuckles up blocking. He didn't want us grabbing guys, and just have us driving our feet every every single day. You know, we do the same drills 100 miles an hour every single day. And so that uh, Coach Eastman, that all that credit goes to him. Hey, Baba, when you talk about the drills that you do every day, because it's kind of a monotonous living to be an offensive lineman, you do the same things. But what about you throughout your career? Because you kind of come in the NFL and you have a stationary stand-up quarterback, seven-step drops, a lot of responsibility of single blocks for mm-hmm. the offensive tackles. But now you're an athlete, man. You're RPO. You're all over the field. You're pulling yeah. and everything. What What's changed about your game specifically from the two offenses that you've um, lived through so far? Uh, I, I just say I've had to become – I've had to become more versatile because, you know, I've been – coming from Bruce Arians, you know, when I was with him, it was all straight drop backs, you know. If the run wasn't there early, you know, who was going to throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. <laughs> and so this is something – and being first in Chicago my first couple of years here, all we did was basically run the ball – so I, I mean, I've, I've just become versatile, being in different offenses and, and being in different schemes. Well, durability too. When you look at it from, from your standpoint, forty-six out of forty-eight games you started as a Chicago Bear. What has been your off-season regimen? Because man, your your the durability that you display has been phenomenal from the Bears standpoint. Yeah, knock on wood for that. But you know, I just I just train a lot in the off-season. You know. I, as soon as the season's over with, I take two, two, three weeks off, and I start back training, do a lot of yoga, stretching. Um, <laughs> it's been pretty much luck, you know. I can't really say it's everything I do in the off season. All right, Bobby Massey, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, kind enough to join us here this evening. And, uh, you know, you, you, you got me very excited when you said this, is, this thing is uh, Super Bowl bound. And obviously, it could have happened this year. A lot of people felt maybe ahead of schedule. But the season was so much fun. I could see it on your face. From the time you got here, from the time I see you then to now, just your disposition and your your approach and your presence in that locker room is so different when than you got here. And you came off a winning team in Arizona, one of the few guys on this roster that had won in any kind of a playoff scenario until this year. Um you must know what it feels like then. You know, you see it. You know what it felt like in Arizona and how it all came together. Do you, do you definitely see that here now and where you guys are going and using this past season as a platform to to the future? Oh, I definitely see that. You know, I, I, unfortunately, I, I I haven't made it to the show, but you know, I've I've been one game away, and um, this team, man, is is we can do some incredible things with the guys that we have and. And I'm sure some, the additions that we're going to make in the offseason, uh, we're going to be unstoppable. If you look at all the games that we were just in this past season, we were in every single game. And unfortunately, we we came up, came up short on a few, but, you know, with this team in the future is going to be forced to be reckoned with. Hey, Bobby, when you look at the future and you think about this past year, you got a new system, you got a new head coach, a new position coach, and then you play with Kyle Long, Eric Cush, and Brian Witzman. When so you're you're trying to learn the system yourself. You're trying to understand the terminology perfectly, and then you're trying to communicate with a guy every other week. How difficult was that experience for you until you were able to 
master or, or understand the system as well as you did at the end of the year? Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't super hard. You know, me and all those guys, we stayed stayed after extra and after practice, doing drills, and we came in early uh, before meetings and study plays and. You know, all of us have a real great relationship, so it wouldn't it wasn't as hard as as you would think. Well, from your standpoint, Bobby, you've been around veteran quarterbacks, and now you're seeing Mitchell Trubisky grow. And in what areas did you see him grow and challenge himself? Because it just seems like it was it was night and day from where he started to where he finished as the Bears' starting quarterback. Yeah, I think his decision making. You know, that was one of the the things I've noticed the most from his rookie year to last year. And uh, the command he took over over the offense, um, there was a lot of pressure coming in from him, from him uh, being a high draft pick and being a, basically the starting quarterback of an NFL team, and coming into the huddle with a bunch of grown men and expecting to to lead us. So that I knew I noticed once OTAs and minicamp that you know Mitch Mitch stepped up. You know he had grew a pair over the offseason. <laughs> he had basically became a man. And it, it was great to see because Mitch is going to be a great quarterback. Hey, are there a lot of guys on that roster that became men in 2018? Oh, definitely, definitely, oh, definitely. Well, James hey, Daniels was one yeah, of them. Yeah, James Daniels. Hey, let's talk about that guy. Oh, James is a great guy. Don't judge a book by its cover when it comes to James. Uh, he might be a laid back, cool, laid back guy, but he'll tear your head off on the field. All right, Bobby, we're going to let you go. But before we do, you're an old Miss. You're an old Miss guy. You played at Mississippi. They got a bunch of guys coming out uh, among the you know all the Power Five conferences. A lot of representation at the scouting combine coming up here in a couple weeks. But I saw a photo of DK Metcalf, their their outstanding receiver. He looks like um, a combination of Calvin Johnson, uh, Khalil Mack in terms of his body. Did you see that Twitter photo of DK Metcalf, a young receiver coming out of Mississippi? Are you aware of him? Yeah, he looked like a DN. Unbelievable. Uh, on the sheet it says he's 220, but I, I, I call BS on that. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he looks all 240. Unbelievable. A little known fact, but Terrence Metcalf's son, Tom. Really? Terrence Metcalf of the former yeah. Chicago Bear offensive lineman. Escape the cold and head to the Ryu Palace Costa Majeris in Cancun with your favorite Bears players, including Prince of Mucamara, Roquan Smith, and Bilal Nichols, plus Inside the Bears hosts Lawrence Greeden and Anthony Adams. Visit applevacations.com slash bears to book today. Back with you, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak on Bears All Access. Just finished our conversation with Bobby Massey. And, you know, I, I really I, I want to emphasize again just how his personality has changed since the time he arrived in Chicago as a free agent signee and to where he's at right now. And a lot has gone in the right direction for Bobby Massey. And, Jim, you mentioned it, too. The durability has been outstanding. Tom, he's cleaned up his game, and he's become a very important part of this uh, offensive line. Thoughts on, on what he had to say tonight? Well, you know, I, I love the fact that Harry Heastead was able to take him and mold him into the player that he that he was going to benefit his the use of his size with his offense, and that is a big change because when you go to those Bruce Arians where you have a lot of responsibility, you don't have a lot of help, and you don't have a lot of versatility within within your offense. If you fail with the run, man, you go exclusive pass, and that even puts even more pressure on Bobby Massey. 
you know, I, I like where Bobby Massey has earned all of our respect because when he came here and you have a lacking supporting cast that, you know, sometimes it does, you, you don't look like the player you really are. But when he comes in here and he learns that new system, dedicates himself, plays with three different left guards, four different tight ends and H-backs and stuff, I, I'm really I'm, I'm happy the Bears went out and signed him, and, and I'm glad he's here because that continuity amongst the offensive line is as important as any position out there and he just has continued to get better like i said you're shedding labels i you know again i think uh you know speed rushers were a big problem with him and i did i didn't see it this past year now whether it's the techniques and here he mentioned just going through those drills every day it becomes rope memory but he's played a lot of football and he's been durable the last two years in arizona he missed two games and he's only missed two games as a chicago bear so i think He's out there practicing. He's honing his craft. He's turned into a true, uh, true pro now. Like you said, had some issues uh, there at Arizona. Has cleaned all that up and just continues to get better as a football player and why the Bears probably felt very comfortable about giving him an ex- extension. He's been a durable player who has produced every single week. You know, Jim, you th- well, you think how fortunate they are to have the two offensive tackles in the center that come out there and they start each week because if you look at the rotation of the offensive guards in there and you have to include the tight ends because the tackles work with them with frequency that those three guys did a great job along with Harry Heastead of keeping that offensive line together and productive because you talk about the development of James Daniels and he was really consistent at the left guard position and then you have all the change at a moment's notice at the right guard position and the you know the center and the guys that are there they have to live and they have to grow with those guys and when you talk about the difficulty of going into some environments that you can't verbally communicate throughout the course of a game it it is more impressive what those guys did. Yeah that's a good point because if you look at the past couple teams in the Super Bowl I think it was two years ago Atlanta all five of their starting offensive linemen played every yep. single game all the way up to the, and the same last year for the Rams none of their starters missed and like you said to Tom here they go into a harsh environment there in New Orleans in the Superdome dealing with all the crowd noise and all those type of things but that group was a very cohesive unit and the Patriots as well granted they had to bring over Trent Brown and made him a left tackle uh, for the New England Patriots but they didn't have a lot of disruption with their offensive line either so typically if you're solid in the trenches normally those teams advance pretty far uh, come playoff time. That's one of the great markers right You, you always look at that by the end of the season and you head to December, if that offensive line has been able to stay healthy, Brian Large, you can point to that fact as, as one of the reasons why a team is headed to the postseason and why they're starting to emerge in December. And, of course, there are other reasons, but it's a heck of a place to start. And I, and I, and I hope that'll be the case, you know, because the Bears did get pretty fortunate in, in 2018 with injuries team-wide. And, and you, you know, you hope that continues. It's never a guarantee, obviously, in all the different things that have have uh, been changed under Matt Nagy and and Ryan Pace, you know, redeveloping what they did in the training department, nutrition and whatnot the last couple of years. Uh, I I hope that will continue in the right direction. Uh, I want to go back to what we were joking around about that DK Metcalf picture. Obviously he's going to be a first round pick, but we're not joking. I mean, this guy is a specimen. I don't even know who to compare him to body type. I thought they might, I thought they had the guy, the wrong guy. I thought it was a different person playing that position. My goodness. Well, 
I was with the Bears when uh, they drafted Terrence Metcalf. He was a third round uh, selection. He played. Hey, he played quite a bit for the Chicago Bears. And he was Bears. a terrific guy, Jim. Terrific. Oh, great guy. Terrific guy. Terrific player. Terrific everything. But I, I had no idea that was his son either. Uh, but uh, to me, as soon as I saw him, I was thinking David Boston. He's six three. <laughs> 230 pounds. He is an absolute beast as a wide receiver, just ripped up and yoked and everything that you think about. But like anything else, I was funny because I was uh, following Jim Nagy on Twitter, who's the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Anytime you see a receiver that big, you just want to see how flexible uh, right. they are. And, you know, with how bulked up he is, he maintains that flexibility, man. This is a fantastic receiver you know the, coming the, out of Mississippi. The big receiver down for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Mike, Mike uh, Evans. Mike Evans. You know, Mike Evans in Boston. You know, Boston never was the threat, the receiver that played to his size and played to that size burst that he had throughout right. his career. But the guy down in Tampa, he is everything to his size. And if, if they match up the right quarterback with him down there now with Bruce Arians, yeah. that guy, he can be as special as any receiver out there. So it, it's interesting to see, it, does the size and the the snapshots well, always, you know, do they fit the player? Yeah, yeah granted... Well, Boston was kind of a flash in the pan, but if you remember, probably the biggest receiver that kind of started that trend, and he sat out, remember, 10 weeks for the San Diego Chargers, then the San Diego Chargers at that point, Vincent Jackson. Yep. Remember him? Yep. I mean, that guy was a hell of a receiver, ended up sitting out, still got paid by Tampa, and, man, he was a huge red zone threat. 6'5", 230, same thing. I was a big receiver. You know, it's like that Benjamin guy now. You know, the the Benjamin that was traded and cut a couple times this season. I mean, he's as big as anybody out there in terms of a receiver, but he's not productive um, but to equate to his size and his ability. Yeah, and and despite all that, 67 combined catches in college. Uh, for DK Metcalf, he had some injury issues and whatnot. So, uh, but a, a great specimen, and that's where you get in trouble, right, Jim? With the evaluation, sometimes uh, the old underwear Olympic uh, thing kicks in hey, a man. little bit. <laughs> I mean, he can play. I'm not going to say he looked like Tarzan playing like Jane, but yeah, you got to be where it's all about the the tape, how they line up and play football. But man, he was a productive player. Hey, if you did, if you didn't have sure. to have tape, you say Usain Bolt right now would be at the top of the list of all <laughs> wide receiver categories after his four two two. Right. Well, Ronaldo Nehemiah, he 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 was uh, uh, he he got a cup of coffee in the National Football League with the 49ers as a track star. Remember him? Tom? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, we got to we got to step away here on Bears All Access. Jim and Tom and Jeff with you coming back here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This week on Inside the Bears, Tariq Cohen and Benny Cunningham work as undercover baggers at Jewel Osco. <laughs> Wait, hey, hold on a minute here. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays at 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with our producer Tony Gilherb Lawrence helping us out as well. Hey, you know, I, I I laugh about that, but this team now has personalities that really emerge when they go out outside the lines. When they're out there in public, there's some really good-natured guys, fellas, some guys with great personalities, which I think now they're, you know, with Matt Nagy's permission, 
of BU, they, they can be themselves, and it's fun to watch these guys interact with the, with the fans in a variety of ways. Well, you know, Jeff, that's unique to Chicago is the communities accept the players that live in their areas, and I think they feel very comfortable in their skin here in the city of Chicago and where, wherever they live. And so the longer they're around here, the more they're embraced by the community and the people and the fans, and the more comfortable they are. I think the Bears are really fortunate to have a coach like Matt Nagy that exposes the fans to the fun that they have after wins and everything else that goes into not only a young group of guys, but a young group of guys that can have a positive effect on some older guys that have that been around the NFL a little bit. Yeah, and it, it just you know it just seems like the players they all have you know maybe a cause that's that's near and dear to their heart, and they want to do good things in in the community. And I, I I'm with Tom. I think one it, as young as the team is, and I I don't want to keep on beating on the same drum, but they display a, a level of maturity. You know, when you just sit down and you you talk to these guys, they keep things in perspective. They know what's important. They know what's you know what's a waste of their time. They know what they want to do. You know, personally, not only on the football field, but things they want to accomplish off the field. And I think. Overall, it's just a, a general good perspective of a lot of guys who have high character, have good head on their shoulders, that are going to make the the right decisions and know what's important to them. You know what's amazing too? You think of the players' frame of mind from a year ago to right now. So now they've been exposed to success from what they came off of a couple of years ago to the success they are able to achieve and to accomplish this year. And then you kind of look like Bobby Massey said that they are their Super Bowl belief on this football team. You think of the players minds just a year a year ago to now how much stronger and how much more positive the feeling is around here because of the uncertainty they were going to face last year i think they're i mean they were hungry but they just didn't tell you about it you could hear it through the grapevine you could see it on their faces i I go back to what mitch trubisky said at the outset of the season about how how they will they will win didn't say when but they will win and I just think that he kind of set the tone for the belief. But then they go out and start practicing with each other as you guys in your respective eras with the Bears. You knew when you were going to be good, and you knew when maybe things were not going to be as good. They knew it, and now I believe, and I, and I run into a couple of guys already this week, they are hungry. They're still hungry. They are yeah. not, by any stretch of the imagination, satisfied. No, and, I, I don't. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't think when they talk, it, it's not cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I do think they believe that, and I think they'll continue to put in the work that is necessary. And again, the cautionary tale is Jacksonville. They were talking all kinds of smack here this offseason, and then you had the veteran player, Calais Campbell, and you had players like Malik Jackson saying, hey, guys, we haven't done anything. Granted, we made it to the AFC Championship game a year ago against New England, but it doesn't mean anything here in 2018. And lo and behold, the the immaturity of other positions of that team started to show themselves. They didn't work. Leonard Fournette, look, at look. they just banged him for $7 million due to his lack of working out, and he even said he was out of shape and mm. all the things that, that happened. I don't see that level of immaturity for the Bears. I think these players will put their money where their mouth is. They'll put in the work that is necessary to accomplish the goals that they feel that they are talented enough to achieve as a football team. You know, to have a conversation that has the word satisfied in it is almost illegal because <laughs> you, are, you are satisfied of nothing. You have accomplished nothing. Yes, yeah. you're on the right road to have some great accomplishments in your personal, professional, and team life. But in terms of have any satisfaction results from this season, that I think that would be unfair to every Bear fan out there because... 
Uh, not to you know harp on it, but when you think of that missed field goal at the end of the game, that was one of the most disappointing moments in the in the history of the Bears. Yeah, no question. And every team you see see the highlights, you know, there's just a lot of jaw drops from players, coaches, fans, and and whatnot from that situation. Jeff and Tom and Jim Miller with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score before we go to break, uh, you, you know, there 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 was all all sorts of discussion about growth and how how quickly this team will grow. So. You know, Tom, were they ahead of schedule? <laughs> I mean, the growth now is come with significant expectations for 2019. Well, I talked about the uncertainty of the players a year ago, and they were, I think the same uncertainty were in the minds of all of us because we were having conversations and we didn't know a lot about what the future and how positive it was going to be. So now are we kind of ignorant to realize that the growth process, it, it takes time. The development of this offense takes time. But because they did so well this year, are we pulling one year completely away from them and saying, all right, we're taking this year of growth away from you. We need the expectations that all of us had when you know we were watching the playoff game this year. Yeah, there's you know there's certain areas that still have to sort itself out. You know, you got a new defensive coordinator. How's Chuck Pagano going to call plays? You know, is he going to do things differently? We kind of discussed that with what uh, the talents there. I think we understand that, but the injury front, players got to step up, much like they did a year ago. Bryce Callahan went down. Sherrick McManus came in, played brilliantly uh, with how he performed, and that that needs to continue. And everybody still needs to, to strive for more. They have the talent to do it. Now it's about taking the next step and gelling again as a team. And there's always going to be the ebbs and flows of the defense or ebbs and flows of the season, I should say, and how they adjust to that because we talked about the coach was very good about the messaging to get the team ready to play and fired up uh, to be in all those games a season ago that could have gone either way. And unfortunately, the last one, like you said, a kick away uh, from moving for- forward or uh, moving further in, in the playoffs. And we'll see if that can continue. But definitely the talent is there. But more growth is necessary because that's a young football team that will continue to get better if they strive to do so. Time for another break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak, and Tom Thayer with you on Bears All Access. Back in a moment. Celebrate your newest Little Bears fan with the Chicago Bears Crib Club, brought to you by PNC. And no jokes, Tom. I know what you're thinking. To receive exclusive <laughs> items and offers for children ages 0 to 4, visit chicagobears.com slash crib club. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller, it is Awesome to get these young Bears fans on board right now. You know, experience the winning feeling going on. This is where you grow your fans, man. When they start young, they get excited about it. And there, there are there is major excitement about the Chicago Bears. I was at the auto show this past week. I had to do a broadcast for WBBM. And I was floored how many Bears jerseys there were. There weren't a lot of baseball jerseys. There weren't a lot of rep- – it was Bears all ages, but, all you know, different types of people. It's the foundation that they're raised around because, you know, in my family, I have a great nephew already. I'm getting old and all my niece. So John Henry, you know, he's surrounded by bears and all the kids in my family of my nieces and my nephews and sisters and brothers, the foundation that you grow up around and you see that when you do have a year and the reflection of it is, is years of, of backing and then you have this whole new generation of kids that are introduced to the bears in such a positive way. 
And you know what's interesting is it's like this team, how, you know, I think nationwide, you know, they kind of took hold when they started celebrating as a team, you know, whether defense and offense when they scored and certain things and the, you know, the the acts that they came up with to, to celebrate in the end zone. But that's what I love is that they're celebrating as team. You know, Dick. I never forget this. Dick Duran used to always say that. You know, it's it's never about you. It's about your team. Go celebrate with your teammates. So when defense made a good play, they celebrated his team. When offense made a good play, they celebrated his team, and then they carried it over to the sideline. Kind of reminded me of Tom Thayer in the Super Bowl Shuffle. They kind of celebrated yeah. as a team as you well. You know, I got I got I meant to ask you guys this a couple segments ago. We we're talking about you know what what guys are doing out on uh, on their own and, and helping out the organization and, and their own. Um, charitable foundations and whatnot, and just the community service, uh, it's definitely changed now in, in, in this era of, of sports, not just the NFL, because it's it's this way for all 32 teams, Tuesdays of the regular season, you're out there and you're in the community. Were you guys asked to do a lot of that stuff in your respective careers with your respective teams, or did you find the time to do it? Did you feel you needed to do it, uh, or, or were you just so football-focused that that wasn't a big part of your respective um, profile. I, I mean, you had requests that came in every week that you could fill your calendar with. I think what you had to really do is gravitate towards something that was important to you, to, you know, gravitate towards something that was a factor in your life. And, um, and depending upon how much time you had during the season, there wasn't a lot of time that you could dedicate to that, but there's enough time in the off season where you see these events that happen. These players travel to the different countries now and go all over the place in, in order to support what you did know, you their do? events. I, we, my mom and I were heavy involved in the special Olympics. Mm-hmm. She was working for McDonald's at the time. They were involved in it. And that's what we did. We supported it in, in our community and we went to different events that they had in the different areas surrounding Joliet. Jim, how about you? Yeah, there's there's a ton of things. Those requests come in every week, and I think Tom will back me up with this too. A lot of players may ask you, hey, you know, I'm, I'm holding this event. This is what it's for. This is what I believe in, and you want to help out your teammates as well, especially if it's a cause that you believe in also. So a lot of times, you know, I remember Ted Washington asked me to do some things or donate towards his cause, or Tony Medlin, who I believe in in his cause of, of the coat drive. He One year he asked me to represent that, and I, hey, heck yeah, I'm all, I'm all in, Tony. You know, when can I be down there? When can I speak? Or you're going out to schools to uh, to maybe speak or read stories to uh, to kids. So those requ- requests are always there. But it's got to be, you know, I think something that is, you know, worthy, near and dear to your heart and what you believe in certainly brings you much more joy in, in how you want to really effectively use your time. Uh, I believe, but I think players are very generous with their time, especially with other teammates and helping them out with their causes as well, and also the causes you believe in. Personally. Yeah, well, it's harder for quarterbacks to find the time too. You know, well, I so mean, so much is well, on your shoulders. Like Tom says, I and I know I know a lot of Chicago Bears have done that. Like you said, travel abroad. I I don't know if I could have done that. I don't know if I could have blocked out the time. You try to do that for for the cause of your teammate to let them know, hey, I got your back. But you know, if you're you're married, you got kids. Sometimes that that's tough to do uh, from from that standpoint. So you do what you can. Um, you try to be a good teammate. You try to do great things in your community. And I think, like anything else, you want to be a a solid citizen. Certainly, the you know the community that you live in, especially the older you get as a player and your your kids are involved in school systems and, and all those things and certain things take a different priority than from when you were probably a younger player, you know, single
single and not married and, and didn't have kids, it, it definitely changes during the course of your career. Right. You know what, though? Causes. You know what? It, it changes even more after your career is over, you know, sure. Jim? Because, you know, I was talking to McMahon a couple years ago, and he was talking to me about he's traveled over 200 days throughout the year in salute of military char- or charity supports. Sure. And that's a golf outings and those types of events. But when you're talking about traveling for the couple days in order to bring the people there to continue that support. So you talk about some of these guys are more supportive in their 50s and or 40s, 50s and 60s than they had time for in their 20s and early 30s. Yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, it's I mean, and it's 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 nonstop. You know, the request as you mentioned Tom whether it's through the organization, I think in the contract you had to make like six appearances whether it's a Bears generated cause and and all those teams, but of course you've got other outside interests that you're interested in, or again, your teammates, what they're interested in, they may ask your help. Hey, you know, here you're the quarterback of the Bears. Hey, Jim, could you could you join me at an event? I'd really like to create a little bit more focus on my cause, and, and you understand that as a player. And I think most players they definitely have each other's back in in terms of showing up at their events and really try to increase the awareness about their cause and and what they believe in. And and again, it's all good things that are good for the community for for. You know, every player that I've ever played with, no matter what team I've been on, they've all been great causes. Bears All Access, uh, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller. I right, fellas, did you watch the first weekend of Alliance of American Football, and will you watch it again? I did watch it, um, and I will watch it again. I was, you know, Jeff. First of all, let me talk about the. the my, I I lived through this experience when I went to the USFL, and there was so much uncertainty in a startup league in the spring, and and the NFL and a lot of the players didn't support it at the time, and I think the players now understood, and they were kind of naive in the, and not supporting it because it gave them different negotiation op- options and more jobs out there. So when I watch the Alliance, I do think it's a, it is a good spot for these guys that have talent to develop and get some experience and get some reps. And it was a, it was quality football. And I think there's a lot of really creative minds out there in the, in their coaching that are, are going to allow these guys to develop. So um, I'm a fan of football. But I'm also a fan of an alternative for these guys to give themselves an opportunity to get the reps that may impress some coaches along the way. I'm with Tom. I think it's really beneficial towards offensive linemen that that you know again they're not in pads a lot during training camp, so these guys are getting a lot of live reps, live action. I think it's good for quarterbacks for all the reasons that Tom just mentioned. Heck, I, I played in the, the the World League. You know, the, the, you know when I was behind Neil Donald or Mike Tomzak, you don't get the reps, man. Then you go over to the World League, guys like Brad Johnson came out of there, Kurt Warner came out of there, Jake Delholm came out of there. And so it was really good quality reps uh, for quarterbacks, and I definitely think it's beneficial for young offensive linemen. They don't get the reps that they need in terms of the pass protection, run blocking, all those type of things due to the way the rules are geared in the NFL. And a lot of these guys, 81% of that league, AAF, these players were in NFL training camps. Mm -hmm. So they've got the talent. They just need a little bit more to hone their craft, or ultimately maybe they could stick the next time they get if, an opportunity. Jim, if Steve Young was judged on his USFL career and right. his first two a year or two with Tampa, he would have been cut and he would have been out of the league. 
that gave him an opportunity to see what he needed to improve on, what he needed to work on. Then when he got in, was able to sit in San Francisco and learn more without having to perform, he was able to become the player and the Hall of Famer he is. However, initial judgment was really poor. So here's a type of here's a guy that was able to capitalize on that experience to understand what he needed to work out in order to benefit of his athletic ability. Speaking yeah. of quarterbacks, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Jim, from your perspective, is he now the the, the headliner for the combine? Um, yeah, I think you know if he does everything, I want to see him throw. Want to see? I mean, we know he's got the the skill sets. It's going to be about the height, all the other things, and and even Lincoln Riley's come out. Hey, height has never been an issue. But I think there are some teams that have some reservations. Even Pat Shermer, and we know the Giants, they're high up there in terms of their F. He said, "Hey, I do think there is a line of demarcation with the sign or with the the size of a quarterback. So those are still going to be out there with him. You've got Dwayne Haskins, the other quarterbacks that are available. But like anything." else I want to see them line up together I want to see apples to apples in terms of how you you know how you compare these quarterbacks now they stack up next to next to each other he's got the leverage of baseball we know that whether he's driving up the the price in terms to get a a major league a huge major league base baseball contract because there's a difference between what they drafted him for and the contract they will sign him for if he's a major league contract, much like Kirk Gibson, it forces him up the farm system quicker where it'd be a major league baseball player. So he's trying to use that leverage. And again, I think a lot of teams have a reservation about him because is he really into football? Does he love football? It's one thing saying it, but it's another thing do it, doing it. If a team puts a first round dra- and selects him in the first round draft and then he elects to go play baseball. So teams are really going to have to do the research on Kyler Murray. All right, and lastly, before we go, Tom, just get your quick opinion on this, and we'll set you guys free. Uh, Do you agree with the NFL's decision at the Combine to ban players with off-field conduct in their past? Like it happened here with Louisiana Tech, the the pass rusher Jalen Ferguson. Ferguson. You know, I I think if they are the issues are bad enough, then yes, I think it gives a lot of these kids incentive to do what's right, what's expected of them through their college years. If you can have these guys that may have um, some signs of the ability to play in the NFL, but they have an indiscretion in their background that's too hard for the NFL to accept, then I think there is a price to pay for those decisions you make, even though you're a young person. Jim, give me a quick answer. Uh, um, I, I, I think they all should go, and here's the reason why. Because the combine is a fact-finding mission. I don't even care if the player works out. If he's involved in an indiscretion, for Ferguson, he was involved in a mild fight uh, four years ago in a McDonald's. Paid a $189 fine to me, you know, the other domestic abuse and all that. Bring the guy to the combine. Don't even let him work out. But guess what? Put him in a room with all 32 teams, and they can grill him roast them get all the answers you want from because that's what the combine's for it's a fact-finding mission jim miller on a fact-finding mission every single day the bears <laughs> quarterback of 2001 thank you for joining us as always tom thayer i'm jeff joniak thanks to tony gill herb lawrence and thanks to our guest bobby massey that's going to be a wrap for bears all access this week here on chicago sports radio 670 the score connect Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford.